Jamie. And I'm Beth. Welcome to Thieves Steals the Podcast. Where I steal the podcast. And I steal it back. So, today we are talking about the second episode of the second season of Leverage called The Tap Out Job. Mm. Beth, what did you think? Okay, first things first, I was fucking right. It was an Elliot episode yep. and it was about fucking wrestling. Mm-hmm. I... Yep. Fucking called it. Yeah. I am so proud of my brain because this is the first thing that I thought and I was like, damn, go with your gut. Yeah. And I did. And, and I was sitting was right. here like, uh, maybe if I suggest something else, like, yeah. she might like, wait, but not you. Trying to make me second guess myself. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. It's about the mystery. <laughs> but no, I was very excited. I was like, oh yeah, I got it. Cool. Cool beans. Um, my next note was that I literally can't watch this because I'm so bad at watching violence. I was like, yes, I'm right. Oh no, I was right. Like... <laughs> It's, I spent so much of this episode with my hands over my eyes. <laughs> like, I think that the, like, fight choreography and stuff is really, really yeah. good. I think that it's super effective. I thought, like, it was really believable. And that was the problem. Yeah. Because I can't watch it. Like, you know when Sophie's like, you think this is sport? Me. Yeah. I, <laughs> like, fully hiding her face in the cushion. The whole time. You watch Supernatural. I know. I also don't like horror. Supernatural really is the exception to the rule. But this is what did it for you. Like, a controlled fight in controlled circumstances. mm, Dude, can't do it. Can't can't watch it. Mm. (laughs) Like, I genuinely, like, I think that the the choreography, like I said, fantastic. And, like, it looks real. Mm. And I was like, I... Like, at the start, when you're seeing his, like, arm being fucking bent, at yeah. the, I was like, oh my god. Like, I literally, yeah. genuinely could not watch it. I just, like, I, nah, 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 yeah. nah, couldn't do it. Because it's so good. Like, I yeah. want to emphasize the reason that I was like, oh no, is yeah. because it was really good. Mm. Um, It was really effective. But I do have a question, which is, why yeah. the hell is the ref not calling this issue earlier like in this beginning when that guy is getting the shit beat out of him because he's been drugged i was like why is this random bystander who like you find out is like you know actually the coach and his dad yeah crawling onto the ring yeah to interrupt this fight like that is why there is a ref why is this ref just so bad at his job because i'm assuming it's because he's on the mark's payroll i mean i guess like he does what the but he doesn't like they don't have to let him fucking die like damn like, I also think the thing is, because he hasn't tapped out, oh, like, there yeah. are, like, rules and shit around when the ref will step in. Yeah. Okay. And because it, it like, because unless you actually, like, it it sort of doesn't help that the camera gets right up in there. So you can see mm-hmm. that this kid is clearly out of it. But if you're, like, a couple of meters away. so. Yeah, and they're, like, obscured because there's another person. person there, you're yeah. not necessarily seeing, like, how far out of it is. And it still looks like a clean fight. Like, you don't yeah, necessarily okay. know that it's a... Yeah, that something's it's something's wrong, wrong. Yeah. Until, yeah. Which is, like, I guess just the danger of, like, this kind of sport in yeah. general. Um, but, yeah, I was just surprised. But that is a good point. Like, mm-hmm. if you're standing, like, further away and they're obscured, like, obviously the camera is going to have a yeah. better shot than, like, yeah. the person's... The ref standing in the corner. Yeah, exactly. Like... Exactly. I really did like... I actually don't have that many notes for this episode mm. because I didn't have anything that I was... Usually if I take notes, I'm taking notes because I'm like, either I'm like, oh, that's super important and I want to talk about that, or I'm like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and they're like the two types of notes mm. that I take. And I really don't have that many because quite genuinely, like, I think this was quite a good... It's a very solid episode. It's is how I... It's very different mm. 
to like the energy of this episode is yeah. super different to like what I usually go into leverage expecting. Yeah. Like it was much less um cheesy. Like yeah. and like I don't say that as a bad thing no. because leverage like as like a show, like part of its genre is that like cheesy, yeah. like corny kind of yeah. like approach. And you get some of it in this app. Yeah. But like nowhere near as much as even like the last episode. Yeah. You know? The second season, I think very much like th- there's definitely still some episodes that I can think of that are like, oh wow, yeah, that's still cheesy as hell. Yeah. But you do get a lot more of like these sort of episodes, which I sort of like, I put this episode in like the same camp as like the stalk job. Yeah. Like that sort of like. It's almost grittier. Yeah, but it's it has those like underlying like really emotional beats behind mm-hmm. it because mm-hmm. like don't think we're not gonna be talking about Elliot, Elliot yeah. and Sophie and their dynamic and their relationship in this episode and the way Elliot uses yeah. violence and yeah the way yeah because so, that was fucking fascinating like I, finally <laughs> some character study dude yeah yeah sorry go on we'll yeah. get to that yeah yeah we'll we'll get to that but I also I think. I think it's really fascinating, like, the way they treat these fighters and the way the sort of perception of this show is and just, like, how that really pivots Mm. the feeling of the episode overall because, like, it's not something that is, like, a high-stakes, like, con and heist and, like, they're not pretending to be, like, fucking billionaires and, like, company CEOs and that. Like, Elliot and, like, Christian Kane in this episode is phenomenal. Yeah. The emotional beats with Elliot in this episode, mm-hmm. they hit like a hundred percent. Like his, even the persona that he puts on mm-hmm. for the mark, like yeah. that sort of almost like clueless. Like I've been put in this situation and I don't like really, that kind that... of meek, despite the fact yeah. physically incredibly. Like he's huge and he's vicious. very clearly like mm. a very skilled fighter, right. and like they already know this, but yeah. he. F- Feels. And that's still part of the cover. Like, the fact that he is mm-hmm. so physically competent yeah. and so capable. Yeah, and the way that he comes across is, like, almost... Like, to me, knowing the character, it feels endearing. Mm. But, like, if I didn't know him outside of this, like, performance that he's putting on... Yeah. Like, he just feels so, like... Meek is a good word. That yeah. You, like, I... Because I didn't know how to describe it, but I think Meek is actually perfect. Like, he just feels unimposing. He feels like... It's almost like he's scared to take up space. Like, yeah. he he physically is large, but he feels small. Mm. And that's so interesting, particularly in the scope of this episode in particular, yeah. where it's so much about, like, he's so passionate about yeah. this job. And you're right, it's not about high stakes in the way that they normally look at high stakes. Yeah. This isn't like some, this isn't Jeff Bezos they're no. talking about, you know, this is some like essentially like a random guy running a local gym. Yeah. Like big whoop, you, you know, comparatively. Yeah. But it's just, this one means that much more. Yeah. And it's actually probably the most they've, not the most, but it's one of the cons they've struggled with the most. Yeah. And I think that is interesting for, like, a whole nother layer of reasons. Yeah. You know, because they're used to dealing with these big shots. Yeah. They're not used to dealing with what is essentially small fry. They're used to dealing with big shots whose version of a background check is running them through a system. Yeah. Running them through the internet and, like, they can fake a whole bunch of shit through the internet because of Hardison. Like, yeah. Hardison gives them that, like... Yeah, exactly. on the internet. The issue is, like... As Hardison says, he can't hack a hick. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, like, 
top 10 all-time lines, <laughs> I can't hack a hick, is iconic in so many ways and I yeah. love it so dearly. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, and the, the fact that it is, like, small fry. Like, this dude's version of a background check is typing into Google the name and yeah. then literally giving Cousin Jimmy a fucking ring. Yeah, and this like, is the thing. Like, these people who they're usually targeting are so, like, aloof and mm-hmm. away from – that they're so – their actual social circle the is threat so isn't, yeah. small because mm-hmm. they're so far removed. But if you're looking at, like, a grassroots small town approach, yeah, yeah you're going to ask – the girlfriend of your mate who works at the hotel that you know yeah. this guy because obviously what you're going to use I think it comes down to you're going to use the resources immediately available mm. to you and for these head honchos and big CEO offices their resources feel a lot more threatening because like they have all of these like teams that can go through however much like government databases whatever but they don't have the personal just yeah. like hey Jim have yeah. you heard about this guy who supposedly comes from your small town and is should work yeah. in and around your business? You haven't heard of him? Huh, that feels weird. Here's a Google website all about him, but you've never heard of him? Yeah. Like, you know, and it's it's really I'm really glad that they did a take on this. Mm. Sorry, I will let you make your point. No, I just keep I keep no, keep, I keep going. taking over. I am I'm fascinated because like I'm very excited because yeah, like I think season two is really where leverage like because we had a couple of episodes arguably in season one where you could like you can do some character analysis on yeah. them but like they don't go anywhere near as deep as this episode does into yeah. like community and what that means because even like from Elliot's perspective and he's like like Sophie I think says oh we could just move the Howorths yeah and he's and like, he's no, like no, no 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 this is their home that means something to them like yeah. that is it's not an option to just move them. Like, it's not as simple as... It's like their friends are here, their families here, that community, that their connection. Their yeah. And I think it's it's a really interesting way for them to sort of really reflect on how these people... They don't have a family. They don't have friends. They don't have a community. Yeah. This team is, is the closest community. thing they've had to community yeah. in years. Like yeah. in Like, some of them it's been longer than others, but, like... Yeah, exactly. Like, and arguably, you could probably say that Nate mm. has most recently because of Maggie and, yeah. like, obviously, like, their life before mm. this. But even then, like, he's pretty removed from yeah. that whole situation. And he, like, the way that, or part of the way that he coped with that whole situation was just fucking upping and changing his life. To the draw. Like, to yeah, the Yeah, exactly. To just, like... And so for Elliot to be like, no, 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 like, these people, like, so much of what they need to be happy and to survive is rooted in this town you can't just get you can't just say leave like that's going to be just as emotionally devastating yeah as you know whatever living in fear in the town like yeah exactly like you know if they were happy to move they would have just done that yeah you know um and i do i know that this is an elliot episode and we're obviously going to talk about that ad nauseum i have a question for you about sophie and This I this might just be because I have been watching Heartstopper nonstop mm. for the last like month that it's been out and reading the comics and really just well webcomic and just fully immersed in that story. Sophie is like not eating this whole episode and they mm. make a real point about it. Like at yeah. least three occasions that I can think of, either she turns down food mm. or she is off put by food or like what and then all of a sudden at the very end of the episode She's eating pork rinds. And I am so confused so about what the point of this was. It's not... See, you're coming at it from the wrong angle. Okay. It's not making a point about, like, Sophie has an eating disorder. 
it's making a point of Sophie is not open to new things. She doesn't like she oh, okay. she dismisses. It's it's rooted in her whole dismissal of yeah the I... small town, the storyline. Like it's the same reason why she's the one who suggests moving the Howorth. Yeah, okay. Because she doesn't understand this town. She doesn't understand this setting, and she's and the it's one... her discomfort about not understanding this world that she's found herself in because she needs to be in control. That's how she survives. Because what I was going to say is she's also the one who says to Elliot, like, I just don't understand how you can see this as a sport. Like, it's just people beating each other up. And he gets really passionate about being like, no, it's more than that. And... I like I wasn't coming at it that, from the angle of specifically like I think she has an eating disorder. Yeah. Like I, I understand why because yeah. of the way I phrased it. Yeah. But that's that's more I mean like I think I'm just more aware yeah. of characters and their and food, food choices, choices at the yeah. moment. Yeah. But absolutely that makes sense. But like, yeah, watching But it's about watching, yeah. I was like, is she fucking pregnant? I because usually, usually in like shows like this, yeah. if you're making a point of like being off put by food, and she literally like gags at one point. Yeah. Like it's usually because they're yeah. going to... Int- and I was like, that's that's so unhelpful to this. I was like, yeah. I don't know how they could introduce a pregnancy to this show. Like, yeah. like what? And so I was confused the whole episode. And, like, what is really interesting, now looking at it from that angle of it being about her rejection of stuff that's, like, new yeah. and, like, whatever, is Parker, who the whole episode is like, you want this? Like, look yeah. what I found in the thing. Like, and she is just, like, absolutely, she's wearing the sport cap yeah. and she's, like, fully, t- like, taking Hardison down. Yeah. Like, Elliot is walking her through it. Yeah. And that, like, difference mm-hmm. between her approach yeah. and Sophie's approach is fucking fascinating from that, like, angle yeah. of just, like, open-mindedness yeah almost and it's not so much that sophie's like closed-minded it's just this is not her world no this is not her world and she struggles to integrate herself into this world like that's that is her issue she does not know who to be in this world like she only really gets away with it because she's not playing someone from this world yeah she could not play someone from this world she's playing someone from la She's playing that stereotype. Yeah, so it sort of, like, it all ties into her and, like, her at the end accepting the food is also, like, symbolic of her sort of accepting Elliot's perception of the sport and understanding the sense of community and Mm -hmm. belonging and validity of both the sport, the town, the family, the community. Like it's I just like the idea that she like spent this whole time going, No, I won't like it, no, I won't like it, no, I won't like it, and complaining about it. Yeah. And then she actually gives it a go and finds that she likes it. And yeah. then her immediate reaction is like to share that experience yeah. with someone else as well. To be like, hey, do you want some? These yeah. are actually really good. Yeah. Like I Though we do get the iconic line, how do you peel a pig? Yeah. Which is <laughs> Yeah. Um, but no, I really loved that yeah. as like a, a narrative device. Yeah. And like I said, I was confused by what they were trying to like put across, yeah. but I'm so glad that you had that explanation at the fucking ready yeah. because that no, makes this is so something that's well established. Like if you listen to like the audio commentary that they did with the director, yeah. it is an intentional choice. It's Amazing. about her. Cause I knew it was not, intentional. I just couldn't figure out what the fucking it's not intent about was. Her un- it's about her not understanding or accepting like this yeah. world sort yeah. of thing. And it's, like, showing that she's othered because, like, food is such a strong cultural thing. Yeah. And for her to not accept it yeah. is, like, significant. And it yeah. is tied to the cultural implications Aspect. of food. Yeah. There's almost nothing, like, for me personally, I think there's almost nothing more rude than for someone to offer you 
like food from their like from their heart basically mm-hmm. like if you go to someone's house and like say they like come from a different part of the world mm-hmm. from you and they cook differently there is almost nothing more rude than for them to be like here is like sh- let me share this food with you and for you to say no like unless you have like an allergy or yeah. something or like you you feel genuinely ill yeah. or like something else is going on and you can't eat but for you to be like no that's disgusting for I'm you to be like no thank like, you if there's a legitimate reason other than just you don't even want to try it you don't want to yeah. like because food yeah. is such a this is why i love food so i mean i'm studying food nutrition, yeah. nutrition and food sciences yeah. and part of what i love about studying it is the like actual like cultural psychological sociological significance of food mm-hmm. it's fucking fascinating and yeah like for me like if i cook food for someone like it's it's you know how people talk about like love languages like for me food is my love language and so i can't imagine if someone had gone to the effort to not only make food to share with me but also food that is like specifically significant to them whether it's like a reflection of their culture or their heritage or maybe it's something that like you know their grandmother used to make them and it's like really like emotionally significant or maybe it's just their favorite food you know for them to go to that effort to share that and like I can never imagine saying no to that even even if it's something that I had never heard of or something that I would never in a million years have wanted to try, like I would give it a red hot fucking go because that person has put in that effort and that time and have chosen to share that thing with me, which I also feel like is such an honor, you know, because they didn't have to. Though while we're still talking about the food and that on a less serious note, I'm just really confused because like the one thing that's always confused me about this episode is like Sophie gets the room service. Yes. Surely she ordered that off a menu. That's fucking also. And she's like, "What is this?" And they're like, "Chicken fried steak." And I'm like, "A, yes, you're correct. You shouldn't use meat as an adjective." (laughs) And B, you ordered this. Like, I'm assuming they're not just. They didn't just randomly bring this to your room. I mean, the only possible explanation is like maybe Nate ordered her food. Maybe Nate was like, "Oh, I'm getting some food. Would you like something?" And she was like, "Yeah, get me like whatever." Yeah. And he just like ordered her something. But like even then, like. Yeah. Exactly. It's ridiculous. And also, like, don't complain to room service that they brought you what you asked for. Also, I would be ready to stab her if I was that customer service Because she is, like, whinging and complaining and being a bitch despite the fact she ordered this fucking book. Right? Okay, here's the thing. And then she just hangs up. I had literally, when I worked in food, had people come up and be annoyed. They're like, this is not what I ordered. And I'd be like, what did you order? And they would tell me and I was look at their food and I'd be like, that's what you're holding. And they'd be like, no. And then they would tell me what they expected the food to be. And I would point at the picture on the menu and be like, that's what you ordered. That's what you got. Just because you didn't think. And they would be like, I I thought it would come with this. And I was like, it doesn't say that on the menu. And they'd be like, but... And if you were sh- if you wanted it to come with that, you could have asked. Literally. And so, like, the arguments I used to have with people were they're like, this is not what I ordered. It's like, no, no, it's just not what you were expecting because you didn't look at the fucking menu. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So it's like, no, you don't have a fucking leg to stand on. Leave the poor... Yeah. Leave the poor Customer room service, service person or, alone. Yeah. Like, if you ordered something and you didn't like it, like, yeah. that sucks. But, like, unless there's something actually wrong with it, like, it's burned or it's raw yeah. or something, like, you just have to accept the fact that you didn't like it as much as you thought you would. Yeah. And that one's on you. Oh, okay. While we're on the topic of food. Yeah. Let's talk about drinks. Yeah. Um, the water, the drugged water. Now, yeah. I understand 
when I was when I was watching this, I get now like obviously yeah. with the reveal at the end of the episode that they like knew and they swapped it out. Yeah. But when I saw Elliot drinking from that water bottle, I was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" I was like, "My bro." You're a dumbass. I was like, the whole point of this was that the guy got drugged from the water bottle. Why would you not bring your own fucking water? Why are you accepting the water? Anyway, and like, obviously yeah. now I know that they tested it before and they knew it was drugs and they swapped it out, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And like, but I was mad. I was like, you're not this stupid. And they weren't. Like, to be fair, they weren't. You were right. They are not that stupid. Yeah. I also, I do love the fact that like, they do the very dramatic, like, like yeah. open up the water bottle and like sniff it and then like look at Sophie and Sophie's like, you drugged him. I it's know. Like, it's, it's fucking funny actually the whole bit where sophie is like yelling at him being like you just took the safety off the gun and i and you like see elliot's eyes like wide and whatever <laughs> i was like this is really funny but also it got me because i was like sophie the crowd is not that loud you are yelling so unnecessarily so everyone around can hear what you're saying and i think it i think honestly it's like she made the acting choice thinking the crowd was going to be louder in the edit. But yeah. then in the edit, the crowd isn't that loud, so she just looks like a fucking idiot. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, God. Actually, okay, as good as this episode, like, is in terms of, like, character and yeah. stuff, there are some choices that they make that yeah. I'm like, why are you doing this? Like, particularly the fact that the reason that they get called out is because of Jenny, the receptionist, who knew that Nate saw yeah. the client at the hotel. I'm like... Why did you why did you see him at the hotel? I'm assuming they were thinking no one was going to knock on them. Like I'm yeah. assuming they just thought no one would notice. I mean, yeah, which like, is like and it yeah. kind of comes back to what we were saying before about how they're not used to taking on this kind of case. But yeah. I also I'm just like that is such a rookie fucking move. Mistake, yeah. Why would you meet at a known location that you're then yeah. going to invite your mark back to later? Why would you do that? Yeah. Like, and there was no reason for him to even tell him what hotel he was going to be at because he was going to see him the next day when he went. He could have just I said, think "I the will reason come and meet she, you." He said was so, like, yeah, so that he because if he said, oh, "I'll come to your gym tomorrow," whatever, it would imply that he already knew who he was. Okay, and like he was trying not to do that. So like him going, "Oh, you can bring me the cash at my hotel." Yeah, is like an easier way to get around that, so the mark doesn't Catch sort on of so quickly. suspect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, then it just shows up at the gym anyway. Yeah. I, um... But I think the idea of that is, um, the Mark sort of, like, when he sees Elliot, he assumes that Nate's not at the gym because of the money. He's like, mm. oh, no, actually, Nate's at the gym because of this. Elliot, yeah. And he's just using the bet as a cover, like, when he gets caught out being at the gym. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Moving it back to something... Let me get back to something that's a little less, like, deep, <laughs> but still a character thing, is... We're deep TM. Deep TM. I... When I first talked about Nate's stupid hats... Yeah. It was literally... I thought it was going to be a once-off. I mm-hmm. really did. And yeah. now, I, every time it comes up, I feel obliged to mention it. Mm-hmm. You know? Kind of like you and the lighting. Mm-hmm. And I just cannot believe how relevant... That one fucking comment was. Because yet again... It's a two-hit KO this episode. Yet again. Two stupid hats. And two the separate one, characters. Two stupid hats. And the one time he's not wearing the stupid hat... His hair looks his fucking His hair is slicked back like he thinks he's Draco fucking Malfoy. Yep. It's confusing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't really have anything to add to that. I just think it's interesting. I just... From now on, every single time... I just stupid hat... 
It's but also the thing hat. is, it's not ever just the stupid hat. It's always accompanied with the fucking terrible, accent. insane accent mm-hmm. that is like. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, I have a question. The golf scene. Yeah. Okay. I understand, like Hardison giving the like. Yeah. Tech reasoning for how he can control the golf yeah. ball. I personally don't understand. I think it's honestly bullshit. I think. I, I think that's too. they. They do a lot in this show to make sure things are like accurate and possible. But I also do think that's one of those like. Tech yeah, TV thing. magic. There might be something that can do similar things, but I don't think it's like or remote like, controlled. Like yeah, it's like it might be possible in theory, kind yeah. of thing. Like I will suspend my disbelief. Mm-hmm. Whatever, that's fine. It's television, but I don't understand how they managed to ensure that the other guy would have the shitty ball. Are they switched out? Because like you bring your own. Golf clubs and that. Yeah. So And, like, you normally have your own golf balls yeah. there, and they just switched them out. Do they show like, that happening? No. Because I was like, how? Because I'm like, It's just them? implied. It's okay. Just, because I don't know that much about golf, and yeah. I assumed that you were just... I, like, the most I know about golf is mini golf, and they hand you the putter and the ball, and I was like, no, how so unless, did like, they guarantee that this man would get that ball and that Nate wouldn't end up with the shitty one? But that, that makes more sense. You can, like, nine, you can hire, like, golf clubs and stuff, but mm-hmm. most people just, like, bring their own. Okay. So, like, most of the time... So like, Parker's probably, like, sleight of hand just popped just it popped in. Just popped him in, yeah. Okay. That, that, it's not that <laughs> That makes a lot more sense then, because yeah. I was like, I understand they've explained how they're controlling the ball, but I don't know how they... Got controlled the ball to, who got the ball yeah. in the first place. No, it's place. not like random like luck of the draw. Like it's not just Well, like, I assumed it wasn't, but I was just a no. little confused because I was like, uh, I understand the bit that's nonsensical. But <laughs> Yeah. But yeah. No, also important in that scene is the monkey's ass fucking golf club cover. Oh yeah, that's also highly confusing. I <laughs> I think it's just for the character, because like the character's an asshole, so they're sort of like <laughs> Not necessarily, like, they're just doing things that seem in line with the sort of character that Nate's playing, who is objectively a douchebag. Yeah. Um, and would probably find it really funny to have a monkey's ass on his yeah. golf clubs. Like, yeah, that, he'd just think it was funny, yeah. It's, it, it's the joke, like, and it's the joke because that's the character that Nate's playing, which, again, his entire, like, he plays two different characters this episode. The main one, which is Bill Wells. Yeah. And the limo driver. Yeah. Both of which, their entire character traits are, like, obnoxious and annoying. That's his... Okay, I shit you not. This is my new theory. Nate, as a person, arguably, obnoxious and annoying. Yep. So So every single time he plays a different person, he just... He acts like it's every single person is obnoxious and annoying, and they just have different accents than a hat. And... I mean, to be fair, it is also actually really interesting to look at the different strategies that Nate employs versus Sophie because they're mm. both arguably like grifters. Like they're both they're both conning people. They're both conning people. They're, yeah, but it's very it's very fun and interesting to know that the way Sophie cons people is to like convince people to trust her. Like she's charming. She's likable. She makes people want to do things for her. Yeah, like she convinces people that she's like some untouchable god that's going to make him shit tons of money. Yeah. Like, whereas Nate's conning strategy is literally like, I'm going to basically... I'm going to make this person think I'm a bumbling idiot. Yeah, I'm (laughs) going to make this people think that I'm an idiot and an asshole. So they get so annoyed 
they stop thinking rationally about up. their decisions and yeah. they just start doing a whole bunch of things because they like they don't like me. They're just trying to fuck me over without yeah. actually thinking through whether they're gonna fuck themselves over in the process. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really funny because they describe Sterling's method of catching people in the earlier season that he gives them just enough rope to hang themselves with, mm-hmm. which is essentially what Nate does. Yeah. It's the ex- exact same thing. It's a, like... They... Same concept, different approach. Yeah. 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 You, and you're right. It, it is really interesting to, like, look at it from that perspective of, like, Nate and Sophie being, like, opposites of the same tactic. Mm. I think it's really... And then Sterling in there as well as, like, sort yeah. of yet another, like, avenue, I guess, for the another same Another iteration result. of mm-hmm. the same, like, sort of techniques. Yeah. And, okay, I want to talk about control because I think it's interesting. We get a quote from Elliot in this episode where he's talking about um, he's talking about why people fight and, yeah. you know, making it about control and having control over a situation. And yeah. then later when Sophie confronts him about it, he says, you know, I learned a long time ago what I need to control isn't out there. It's in here. Like, yeah. I can keep myself under control. It's very, like, Hulk-esque, yeah. like, I'm always angry kind of thing. Yeah. But what I find interesting about that is that I think it's obviously true of Elliot. Like, Mm. I think that's true of Elliot. But I also think it is true of literally everyone else on that team, but especially Sophie. Mm. Because her whole point is to be in control. Like, technically, Nate is running the con. Mm. But when she is doing her thing, Mm. she is in control of every single person in that room. And that is... So it's like, you know, you talk about she can only act when she's running a con. Yeah. It's because that's when she's taking control of a situation. Like if she's acting on a stage. She can't control the audience. She's not controlling anything except herself. And even then she's like at the whimsy of the director and the uh, like Mm. stage play and whatever. Like, but in this scenario, that's how, that is her exercising control. And I do think it's. Very interesting. Um, I also want to quickly mention the line, occasionally we let one be a lesbian to keep the media on their toes. And <laughs> I really wish that wasn't still so relevant in 2022, but like, it's, look. It's one of those quotes that's like kind of sad, but true. Like, yeah, it's like, it's like, it's very funny in the moment. And then you think about it for it's like 30 funny. seconds and you're like, oh, it's okay. funny because you're that's like, still yeah. Yeah, it's funny because you're like, that's very true. This was, like, like filmed in 2008 and, like, over, mm-hmm. like, ten years later, it's still very much, like... Yeah, ten years later and they're still like, well, in Stranger Things, sexuality is up to audience interpretation because blah, blah, blah. It's like, fuck off. Just say that he's gay. Um, uh, but anyway, to get back onto the point away from the uh, singing and dancing meal in Florida, which is a horrifying image, do you remember when the MCU was starting out and they'd hired, like, three different actors named Chris and everyone's like, oh, they're just fucking, like, cloning them at this point. Like, they're breeding Chris's. Like, that's basically what it feels like in terms of, like, that teeny bopper space at this point. Yeah. And uh, it's very big yikes for me. Not so much the line. The fact that line's still relevant. Yeah, absolutely. It's, God, it's it's very much like, it's it's, it's almost like this this whole, like, Jojo Siwa issue recently where, like, she, like, came out and that's amazing and she's like you know doing all this incredible work yeah. especially being like a children's performer it's fantastic yeah. to have that kind of visibility yeah 
And then she, like, God forbid, cut her hair. Yeah. And, like, wasn't invited to the Kids' Choice Awards. And they used her music and her fucking content. But and she, she was wasn't invited. she was the year before. Yeah, right? And it's just, like, it's... Anyway, this yeah. is not... This is not, like, leverage-specific. But yeah. that particular line, I'm like, I think it's a fun line. I just wish... It wasn't I, I still wish accurate. it wasn't, like, something that I was, like... I wish it wasn't funny because it was true. Yeah. You know? Like, that's a, that's upsetting. That's not against the show. No. It's just a, a, a reflection on reality, but... Yeah, so I think there's, there's a very fascinating... Also, the phrase of we let. We yeah. let one be a lesbian. Like, what the fuck does that mean? I think it's about, like, contracting and, like, privacy and oh. what they're allowed to say on and off and what can be public record and all that. So it's the same thing of, like, you know, in the back in the days of silent film and stuff, mm-hmm. like, they had a whole bunch of gay actors that they basically told, oh, you have to marry a woman so that Love people don't know you're yeah. gay. Yeah. Like, yeah, that whole thing. I think that's sort of what it's referring to. Like, they let her be visibly yeah. Oh, yeah. it's fucking stupid. It's Pride Month. I yeah. don't want to deal with this shit. <laughs> you say... And by the time we release this, it will definitely not be Look, Pride Month. It's June right now for me, and that's all. That Look, matters. it's always Pride Month. You're right. Every month is Pride Month for it's us. The real gay agenda. Yeah. <laughs> to go into back onto some serious stuff, there is a very interesting conversation to be had, especially this season, especially with Sophie, um, about how, like, even just this conversation she has with Elliot where Elliot's like I can't control the violence I can control myself though Mm -hmm. and that's what I need to know I need to know that I am in control of my body and again fascinating from like a body bodily autonomy standpoint and like especially when we get some more information later on about who he is as a person who he's worked for what his history is like because that is coming and it makes (laughs) this conversation even more fascinating oh, cool. okay. when you consider what he has done yeah. and who he is as a person. And it's also very fascinating in the context of, like, the way this conversation with Elliot shapes what Sophie does for the rest of the season. Oh, okay. Interesting. So this is definitely something to, like, keep in mind and will remain relevant. Yes. This is something that if you want to think about this show and you want to, like, get some deep layers to Sophie, this is certainly a conversation that you should keep in mind. Okay, cool. And the way she takes sort of – because it's almost advice. Like, Elliot's almost giving Sophie advice of, like, you can't control other people. You can only control yourself. Yeah. And you need to have – And that's, like, revolutionary for her, like – Considering in the stalk job, she literally has the quote – um, well, I'm a psychopath because I didn't don't leave my relationships up to chance. Yeah. When she's talking about, like, her manipulation tactics and, like, Nate's like, well, have you used these on me? Yeah. And she's like, well, obviously I'm not... Yeah. I'm not leaving this shit up to chance. Like, she is constantly manipulating and controlling everyone in her life. Yeah. But at the end of the day, she still doesn't really know who she is. Yeah. And, and also- she doesn't really have control over herself. And also, you can't really, like, you can try and manipulate people as much as you want, but, like... And, like, Sophie does, and she's very good at it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But But at the end of the day, like, you people are not property. No. You can't... You you can't go into those... Like, 
I would argue that if you're in a relationship and you're spending the whole time manipulating what that person does and says and thinks and wears and all those things, you're not actually in a relationship with that person. You're in a relationship with another, like with yourself because you're fabricating the whole thing because it's, that's not who they are. You're not having a relationship, whatever kind of relationship that is. You're not having that relationship with that other person. You're having it with a reflection of yourself. Yeah. And that's just depressing. Yeah. Because the whole point of human connection is just lost, (laughs) you know? Do you have anything more to say about control? Because, like, my issue is a lot of the shit I want to cite is uh, further down the track. And I do think it's actually going to be a detrimental spoiler if I tell you at this point. You know what I mean? Okay. I think I'm done. Like, I could probably keep talking about it, but I don't think I need to. Okay, while we're still vaguely on the topic of Elliot, let's actually talk about him for a bit because we sort of talked about him in, in relation, relation to, to Sophie, yeah. which is, like, a fascinating thing. And, like, that's one of my favourite things about this show. Like, the dynamics between each team member and, like, is, like, fascinating. I could talk about it for days <laughs> for each relationship. Like, they are just – because a lot of the relationships have, like, similar elements, but they're different. Like, yeah. different as hell. And I think it's really interesting, um, that whole side of things, but also you don't have a lot of the evidence that I'm wanting to cite for those sort of conversations. Absolutely relatable. So, yeah. (laughs) Let's talk about, like, just Elliot himself in this episode. And I do want to give a special shout-out to Christian Kane's hair because (laughs) the curly ponytail, half ponytail moments that he had going in this episode. And, like, the whole shirtless, like, boxing outfit. And I do really appreciate that he – looks strong without being like buff chiseled abs i had the same it's a functional strength and i love that he looks healthy and strong yes so often and it's so shitty like obviously like the like concept of like what a body should look like is so fucking warped in the media and yeah like so often you see like chiseled abs and on men and women too like the, the unrealistic body standards are just insane in all kinds of media, but it was so refreshing to see this man just be fucking healthy and strong and fit in a way that is like actually how your body looks and not this weird, like and manufactured like, idea yeah. of what a strong body looks like. And objectively, Elliot and Christian Kane are both buff as hell. Oh, with yeah. the actor and the character, they are buff as hell. They are. Uh, but it's a very functional sort of strength. And I really enjoy that they allowed his body to look functionally strong yeah. and not aesthetically strong. And here's the thing, because like you hear fucking stories all the time about actors and actresses starving themselves and like being f- so fucking dehydrated and shit just so they can have that look. And it's like, why? Like, ab- like it means so much to me to see the human body portrayed just as a fucking human body. Like, like obviously for his character, it makes sense that he's like fit and strong and muscular. That th- Those things all make sense. And he is all of and those things. And he is all of those things. But he is it in a way that is like fucking healthy. And yeah. that's the kicker for me. He still has that layer of fat. He still has yeah. like, it's not just like starving. She's all drawn like, on. Yeah. I haven't drunk water in 48 hours or eaten in three days. Yeah. And it's like, yes, because you should have a stomach. You should have fat. Like if you don't, that's bad. That is of concern. You should eat more, you know, yeah. like, and yeah, it, it it's just so nice to not have that 
shredded like look because it's not it's not healthy and it's, it's not, not realistic healthy and it's also like such the fucking male gaze like mm. through all media like you don't really notice it until you start actually looking but it's just they're subtly reminding you that like your normal human body is not good enough yeah and so i really appreciate that throughout the entirety of leverage i don't think they ever show any of the characters looking unreasonably like mm. cut you know what i mean like in saying that we do have the like woman in the bikini and the heels on yeah. in the like ring and i i would argue that is different though because it is her job to look that way yeah she is not like i don't love it i don't generally. love it but it is it is not unreasonable for someone in that profession to look like that. Yeah. Because that is her job. She is a ring girl. Mm. And presumably if she didn't look like that, the you, you just know that arsehole's a fucking misogynist as well. Like yeah. he would probably fire her if Which she didn't look like that. Which is fucked up on so, so many, many levels. levels. Because but. your ability to walk around, look hot and hold a sign is not determined by your, like, size. Yeah. Like... Uh, we're not... We're, if we could try and start getting into this, we're just never going to yeah. shut up. But, like, yes, it's... It's, yeah. So I, I, look, I can forgive it for that. Like, because in my brain, it makes sense. Like, yeah. it's not, I think it would look, it would look kind of weird if they didn't have her look like that. Because, like, in my brain, that's what they all require those fucking ring girls to do. And there is a conversation to be had about how mm. that is not healthy and not realistic. But at the end of the day, like, that is... It's what she was hired for. What she was hired for. And I just... I'm honestly just appreciative of the fact that they had the fighter who's not, who should not look like starved and fucking yeah. chiseled and that sort of shit. Because in reality, that would not be of benefit to him in that situation. Yeah. Like that would be, but no. And I think another important thing, especially while we're talking about Elliot and control and all of that sort of stuff, is this is not the first time Elliot's done it, and certainly not the last. Where he acts like he's out of control, but mm. he's not. It's part of the con. Yeah. It is one of those things where, like, he often, like, his characters play, despite the fact he's buff as hell and, like, could kill most people. Mm-hmm. When he's on the con, he typically plays, like, power negative. Like, mm. normally, like, he is that sort of, like, meek. Like, because, like, the whole idea is they underestimate him. Yeah. They, like, so... A lot of the times he plays characters that are either not very smart, not very strong, not very, like, sort of worldly, don't really know. Unimposing. Unimposing, which is objectively hilarious. Yeah. They took the dude who's meant to, like, well, not meant to, he can pretty well canonically, like, he could almost be anyone in a fight. There are very few characters in the Leverage universe that sort of match him. Yeah. Like, most of the time, if... Elliot gets beat up, it's because somebody got the drop on him. Yeah. So it's, like, very fascinating to me that they play that angle a lot. Because even in the pilot, you see it. He plays the IT dude. I really love that not only is Elliot, like, in control of himself, he's also, like, very much aware and, like, of how other people are controlling their bodies. Yeah. Like, the way that he talks Parker through taking down Hardison. Yeah. Like, he's just so calm and yeah. in control of that entire scenario. And even though Hardison's like, I'm fucking dying. And yeah. Parker's just having the time of her little life. And he's like, you know, just 
casually like walking them through like yeah and then you do this and you do this and even when they're observing the like videos of the guys fighting and he's like you can see like this yeah. and that and this is why he's done that's that. a textbook armor that's really good that yeah like oh he could work on that a little yeah. bit like kind of thing and i do think it's really interesting that he's like so attuned to like not only his own body and the space that he takes up and occupies but also how everyone around him does i just mm-hmm. i think that's really interesting both from just like a skill and technique perspective, mm. but also from a character perspective of like, he's just so aware of his surroundings mm. and the way that everyone is moving. Like he could spot someone who was trained, you know, from a hundred meters away. He get, he, he knows the sort of like hairstyles. He knows the walking gait. I was going to say He the knows gait, the yeah. shoes. He mm. knows the way you hold a knife. He knows like the sort of defensive Even poses. Even the set of shoulders. Like, like, yeah. Because he's seen it all before and he's seen it a million times and he's a, very observant character. Yeah, it's so much in the body language. Rather and that's than one like, of the reasons he always goes for the sort of like understated, power mm-hmm. negative sort of yeah. characters when he's going undercover because his sort of like his real strength is flying under the radar so he can he can observe, so he can see. And then like, yeah, once he's done his like observation, then he can go in with like what he knows is most likely to be the best approach Yeah. because he's like, well, I've determined that your fighting style is going to be this, this, and this. So I will counter with X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Know? The weaknesses of this style are these. Yeah. So I'm going to exploit them. To the point actually where like genuinely watching this episode, I was like, oh my God, did he kill that guy? I was like, this is very dark. I was yeah. like, did he kill... Because I was like, there's no way he's going to... Like, he's yeah. just going to, like, he's going to pass out and whatever. And yeah. then the doctor was like, he's dead. And I was like, he's what? I was like, Jamie said that this was going to be an Elliot episode. I didn't think he was going to kill like, a it's man. it's an Elliot episode because he straight up murders him. I man. was, like, literally sitting there. And I was like, my note is, like, did he kill him? Four question marks. He killed him. Oh, my God. Surely not. Please tell me that Tank was in on it somehow. And like, then you get the reveal that it's not Tank who's in on it. It's, it's the, the doctor, doctor yeah. which is foreshadowed in the very first, like, meeting with the client when he's yeah. like, the only reason we could pay for the medical expenses because of the, yeah. is because John, the, Johnny, the medical, like, professional on staff at the gym, yeah. the ring doctor, yeah. is my cousin. And exactly. So it's like, oh, yeah. It's, yeah, no, it And so it's, it's also very fascinating that the reason they get sort of taken down is because of a family connection, but mm-hmm. also the reason they end up succeeding is because of a family, family connection. connection. Yeah. So it's like about sort of seeing the way that works and taking advantage of the same thing. Yeah. It was like I was that, saying earlier, like using your resources to your advantage. Yeah. Like they saw that it worked for the other guys. So like, why not try it from yeah. there? And like, it makes sense. And also like, this is it's completely changing the topic. Oh, but go for it. The fact that Parker hit a saxophone in the... Yeah. I think that's really funny and, like, a bit weird, but, like... It's yeah. Parker. I just... I I really like the idea of, like, the police trying to work out how the saxophone really, is relevant. Yeah. And, like, thinking that he plays the saxophone and then he clearly doesn't. And it's just, like, a whole thing. I just think that's fun. But also... The fact that she could just walk into a store and be like, I would like $6,000 worth of guns. And the guy was like, okay. I was like, God, I'm so glad I don't live in America. Like, what the fuck? Like, mm, ah, mm." Concerning. What the fuck? Like, are y'all okay? No, they're not. Clearly. (laughs) She could walk into a store and just say, I want $6,000 worth of guns in cash. And the guy was like, okay. No questions asked. Jesus fuck. Like, he didn't even go, can I see your, like, ID? Yeah. Like, there was no background check. There's no fucking nothing. Ooh, not that Park, uh, not that Hardison couldn't just, like, you know, 
flub the background check. That's not the point. The point is that they didn't require one. Yeah. But yeah, it's concerning. I, I think comedically it's very funny, but then you actually think about it in real life for a second and you're like, oh, the fact that they could do this scene and it's not atrocious. have a whole bunch of people go, oh, actually, no, that's like that would never work. You couldn't do that. Yeah. It's like that scene in like Brooklyn Nine-Nine where Holt and Jake are in, undercover in Florida, Florida and they go and the guy's just like, you know, do you want like a box or a bucket? And Jake's like, wow, this country is broken. A big bucket of bullets. Thanks. And it's like, yeah. Like watching it, especially as like someone from a country where you have like strict gun laws and stuff. Like, it's fucking shocking to me how normal that is. It's just... There's also a great quote, which I think is applicable, Mm -hmm. where Hardison says, just white people doing white people things. And Oh, here's the thing. I love Hardison so much. And in this episode, he has some really absolutely fantastic A-plus quotes, like can't hack a hick, fucking white people doing other white people things. Yeah. Uh, he has one that's like, you're lucky you didn't get monster truck rally on an Indian reservation. Like, yeah. he has so many good lines in this episode. And then he just has this one stinker that I'm just like, mm. and it's like, he says something about how, like, oh, doesn't Triana have any, like, pretty fans? Like, oh, that chick's packing yeah. in like, yeah. Like, I understand that he's playing, like, a caricature and, like, one of, like, Hardison's, like, trademark things is he's not able to be subtle on a con. Yeah. Like, that is something he has never achieved, and I don't think he ever does in the entire course of the series. <laughs> I might be wrong. Yeah. But, like, basically... But also that bit felt unnecessary. It felt very unnecessary. I was like, I understand, like, the, oh, doesn't Triana have any, like, pretty fans mm-hmm. quote, but then when he went, like, this chick is clearly packing, I'm like... Yeah. Like, Leverage, you were doing so well. Little, little big yikes for me, that one. But, yeah... Yes, no, it's a bit... Also, I didn't realise in the scene where, like, A, who doesn't want to be between Parker's thighs? Mm. Like, amen. Uh, <laughs> but B, I didn't realise in the scene where Sophie's, like, going through the hobbies, uh, when, like, Hardison's getting choked out behind the couch between Parker's thighs, yeah. you can actually hear him in the background going, Being like, like, I'm, I'm tapping! Not... Yeah, oh, no. like, oh. yeah. I love you can see, like, I think the shot is on Nate and he's talking and you can see Hardison's leg in, like, the, like, in the background. <laughs> and Nate's just, like, completely unconcerned. Sophie's like, okay, yeah, I'm learning about a thing. Like, Elliot says this is important. I'm going to try and, like, yeah, and watch they're just and listen like, and learn. And, like, Parker, my girl, is a badass in this scene. She is, like... She's just having the time of her she's fucking enjoying life. She's herself giggling away. Yeah. Poor Hardison's... Literally fighting for his life. He is like <laughs> he is struggling. Like he is trying, but he is struggling. Oh, dear. and like I love Hardison oh, so much. But yeah, like it's it's very it's very funny to me the fact that Nate is just unconcerned in that entire scene. He's like the kids like, will be fine. Like yeah, I, just I think rough also, housing. there is a certain level of trust there. Yeah, that Nate knows like Park is not actually gonna do anything that would really severely yeah. risk. Yeah. Um, I do also like the like playful fighting of Hardison and Parker because I assume like I assume that they're gonna do something there. Yeah, like their relationship is just it's so fun, and we've had like a couple of like flirty flirty yeah moments, and I kind of like I'm really hoping we get a payoff for that because I think it's quite it feels quite organic. It's definitely one of those things where like they like they cast the actors, and then they realize that these two actors just have insane chemistry. Yeah, like insane off the charts chemistry it's just very fun and i i really like them as like a duo like as a 
as a as a couple of characters, yeah. I really like them, but I also like them as like a couple of characters. So well, like characters that are coupled. And I think it will be very fun to like see how that progresses. And like this is just like part of it because like, you know, that like excuse to be handsy, I guess, yeah. is just sort of is something that you see a lot in Especially for like Parker who is like not a hugger. Yeah. Doesn't really like And it's also something that you see in like quite like juvenile relationships yeah. is like the play fighting and stuff. It and like don't get me wrong, adults are fully capable of it too. But like especially like younger like like teenagers with a crush or whatever will do. I it. think it's less like specifically like teenagers. More so people who have just like never really had any well, experience that's in relationships. What my point was yeah. going to be because like there it's it's kind of juvenile, but not in a way where they themselves are young or particularly young. Yeah, it's just that. It's new to them. Like, they're, it's awkward and it's, you know, flirty and they're making excuses because it's their first, like, real, oh, I kind of like you more than maybe I usually would like someone. And I think it's very sweet and very genuine. Okay, I have a couple more points that I'd like to make. They're not big points, but I do think they are interesting and they are fun and I do want to point them out. Okay. Uh, Specifically, also kind of significant, they redo the aerial shot again. Did you spot Yeah, it? with um and Elliot walks and up. Elliot leaves, but, but they he gets follow in the him van. And they all follow mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Which is I think I think this is actually the first time they've used an aerial shot where they haven't all actually split, split up. Yes, because I did notice that. Because not only is he like not only does he split off from the group, but get into like the communal van. Yeah. And then they all follow him. But he's also wearing bright yellow, which yeah. I thought it was interesting because it's kind of like he's like a beacon at the minute yeah. because all of them are wearing quite muted colours and also Elliot like never wears bright colours. No. So he wears like, a bit of red yeah, and a bit but, of blue, but, but he doesn't wear like, like yellow. Not fluoro yeah. and not like, you know, pastels kind of thing. And so I think it was interesting that like they had him as literally this like glowing beacon mm. and they all, yeah, they all followed him into like the communal space. I thought, yeah, I did notice that. I thought it was really nice. And just the... um the development of like they're no longer just walking away because normally that shot means they're splitting up they've had a disagreement something's happened they are splitting up yeah in this case they have a disagreement something's happened they are not splitting up yeah and it's just it's really tied to like just how sinister the threat that mark gives against the homeworks yeah and how he doesn't target... He threatens to kill them. Yeah, he doesn't target the team. He doesn't say, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to make you regret it. I'm going to, like, yeah. you and your team are done. You're Like, I'm going to... like. He doesn't threaten them. He threatens the sort of defenseless people they are trying to help. Mm-hmm. And yeah. how that just hits straight through. Because yeah. if he was threatening them, it wouldn't be effective. Yeah, no. Like... Not at all. The fact that the mark is perceptive enough to know the way to get to them is not to threaten the team, it's to threaten the mark. Yeah. He understands he doesn't have enough power to threaten the team, mm. so he has to threaten, the, not the mark, the, the victim, the client. Yeah. yeah, sorry, I misspoke that first time. No, you're all good. Um, yeah, no, it is, it is interesting. And I think that that makes this mark actually more formidable than a lot of the others that we've had in the show like he feels like more of a threat and we've we've covered this already a lot but like which is really funny because like literally last episode they went off against the fucking mob and they felt less sinister than this one dude less like and just his the mark is 
highly disturbing to me and the way he views people because he does he views people as objects as property and as property and that ties again really really interestingly into the elliot sophie dichotomy of where you need control yeah and sophie's sort of assuming that when elliot says they like i like you need to know that you're in control she assumes he means of everyone else of everyone else of his situation of his environment and to be fair it's not a jump because he does just talk about how everything in the town is out of control and like yeah. you know all the farms are drying up and there's no good jobs left and like all of the yeah but even though like they're all circumstances that are outside so, of the individual's control and yeah. she sort of misses the point that elliot's talking about which is the response to everything being out of control out there is to control things Yourself. internally yeah. like that's the that's the sort of like the thing but like when other things are out of control needing to actually go be able to turn introspectively and have control and autonomy over yourself and your body yeah 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 100 i don't feel like i have anything really to mm. add to it because i think you just summed it up really well and also just the fact that the whole con is is happening because the mark took away somebody else's bodily autonomy and control and drugged him without his knowledge. Yeah. And then also like the injury sustained means that he's lost that ability, like that ability to fight and that ability to like support his family. And like he's removed so much, like he, yes, he um, violated his bodily autonomy. Um, but in doing so, he's removed so much about what was set in stone about this kid's future. Yeah. Like, he's not only violated his present, he's actually violated, like, his entire life trajectory and completely shifted it into what it will now be. I do like that the end that they sort of inherit the gym. I think that's quite nice that they kind of get that as, like, he still gets to be involved in that community and he gets to sort of help other people in the way that, you know, and realise their reality mm. of their dream in the way that he was not able to. Mm. I kind of like that a lot. Um, because, like, they didn't have to do that. They could no. have just given them the money. But yeah. I like that it also kind of comes back to Elliot's point about this being their home. And they yeah. sort of get to take back that space and be like, this is ours now. Reclaim it and make it safe again. Yeah, exactly. And there is so much power in in that. Yeah. Much more than they would have been if they just relocated. Yeah. Also, thank God they actually waited for the mark to leave this fucking time before yeah. they build a plan. <laughs> like, that's the one thing I was like, okay, yeah, he's fully out the door. Like, he's yeah, got his he's, money. He's, he's not gone. coming back because he's running. Like, that, like, and they wait, yeah. like, a, like the way they cut it, it does imply that there is a decent amount of time. Significant time, unlike but, last week. Unlike last week where they literally, like two I seconds. swear to God, that dude wasn't even out of the fucking warehouse before they, like, revealed that I don't that think he was more dead. than two metres away. Yeah. I'm going to be real with you. <laughs> but no, so I, I do... They did improve from last they week. Did. In I'll, that give them, I'll give them that. They do confirm that he is fully out of the gym before they pull this bullshit. Okay, I think that's pretty well all of the points that... Like, I had some other little ones that I like, but, like... I think I'm actually fully tapped out. Yeah, they're, they're nothing that's that interesting or relevant. Yeah, they're mainly just like, oh, Hudson's having way too much fun messing with the golf ball. Uh, <laughs> Bad accent and a stupid hat. Bingo early on. Sunglasses too. Yeah. Oh, God. The fucking sunglasses. I swear. (laughs) And also, I just... I I did... Okay. I do want to shout out the lighting department of Leverage for the way they lit that fucking rain scene because I love that shit. It was dark while still being visible and it was interesting. (laughs) 
I would... I don't remember which scene you're talking about. The very beginning, the client meeting with the father. And it's like right. Nate and the father, and it's got like the yellow light coming in through the windows with the rain. And I don't remember okay. distinctly enough, but I believe you. Yeah. Like, mm, that shit. I love that lighting. <laughs> it's, um... It kind of reminded me a little bit of some of the better lighting choices they made in Asylum. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, dark, but dark sort of for a purpose, and then interestingly lit on top of that, not just like, oh, it's fucking dark. Like, yeah. I believe you. I just don't remember. You don't take (laughs) note of the lighting. Well, yeah. Also, I would say that I love the fact that when Sophie is overacting to Helen back with the mark at the end, Parker yeah. follows her lead. I know. She's like, she's like Mom's doing it, so I've got to do it too. She's like a little duck. It's so funny as well. Like after Sophie's like uh, acting school for when uh, Parker uh, uh, Parker's playing Alice White. Yeah, yeah. it's so funny. Oh, I do love Sophie. Is a really interesting character. And I think she's going to get more interesting even as time goes on. But I do love her relationship to Parker, I think, more than I like her relationship to anyone else. She just has such a, I don't know, I want to say maternal, but it doesn't quite feel right. Like Parker's just got a fascinating relationship with everyone in the team. Like, honestly. Yeah, you're you're right, actually. But I particularly love her and Sophie. I just think that they have this sort of... I don't know. I think just something about, personally, for me... Might not be universal, but I think every relationship with Sophie and every relationship involving Parker, fascinating. Do you know what? Just that's, because yeah. of them and who they are as, like, characters. So you put them together and it's and just, it's like, like, mind-blowing yeah. and weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's just – it's a very fun – like, because Duo. they because they relate to the world so differently to every other member of the team. Yeah. Like, Hardison, Nate, and Elliot all relate to the world like, they all actually are pretty normal. Like, in terms of, like, how they were, like, how they grew up and, like, yeah. who they sort of are as people is, like, they're, like, they're very normal as people. Like, generally speaking, like, they have their specialties and they also, obviously, they view the world differently and all that sort of jazz. Yeah. But, like, Sophie is fascinating because she doesn't know who she is really as a person. Because she spends so long playing other, other people. people, so you don't actually know who Sophie really is underneath all of that because yeah. you only ever really see what she wants you to see. And then Parker's fascinating because Parker just does not relate to the world in the same way as anyone else. She doesn't have the normal sort of, like, social skills that every other member of the team has. Sophie has, like, 12 different filters over her actual personality at any, yeah. g- any given point and Parker has zero. Yeah. Parker has no filter. Yeah. What you see is what you get and Sophie is the opposite. Yeah. And so like putting them together is just like so interesting because they sort of bring out those I don't know they just bring something out in each other I think. Yeah. I don't I it's like a certain genetic quite like I can't quite put my finger on it but I just know that I like it. Yeah. So yeah. So I find any relationship where either of those two are involved is fascinating and yeah, the two of them, like, and the way they relate is fascinating. But also, like, even looking at, like, the Park and Nate dynamic, mm. which is not so much relevant now, but, like, later on it will be fascinating to see what you think about the Park and Nate dynamic. Because, look, honestly, I'm not going to lie. Like, you really hate Nate. I yep. think, I think, I don't think it will necessarily pass, but I definitely think as time goes on. He gets less hateable. As a character, he, like, you understand him more and like by understanding him better you feel like 
more sympathy towards him okay. and you understand him better. And then as a character, he's still just as annoying, <laughs> but he's more interesting, okay. if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, so he's less grating to watch because there's more like it's not necessarily that his like characterization changes, but because he gets more interesting as You're a character. You're willing to put up with it. You're willing to put <laughs> up with it more. And, like, the complexities and depth that they give him is really fascinating. Yeah. And his relationships with the rest of the team become very fascinating as well. I love which that. Which is, like, really meant – I love that for Leverage as a whole. <laughs> um, and so, like, yeah. Also, even just, like, the Parker Elliott dynamic is fascinating because of the team, Elliot's probably the most similar to Parker. And I know you're not thinking it now, but it does become apparent later. Okay. No, that's I, it's funny because I would have said that Sophie and um, Parker Probably. are actually the most similar. Mm. Just even even just in terms of like what they working solo tend yeah. to do. I just think personally from like where I'm at in the series, but like I can absolutely understand how that would shift with you know three more seasons worth of content. Yeah. So it's it's very fascinating to see just the way they relate to each other and the way they sort of develop yeah. as people. And then, like, just Sophie and everyone is fascinating because, like, she – like, if, if we're talking about the fam, family dynamic, she's the mother. Like, she's she's the maternal figure in – Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. her and Nate are the p- parents and the other three are the children. Oh, like, yeah. Like, that's how it works. 100%. Okay. Look, I think, I think I'm done ranting at this point. <laughs> I've ranted a lot. Uh, do you have any other ranting to contribute? I don't think so. I think I pretty much got everything out. It's it's a fascinating episode, and I think it gives us a lot in terms of character development. So I'm really hoping you like it. And with that in mind, can you please rate the episode out of five for me, Beth? I think I'm going to give this episode. I was going to give it a three and a half. Yeah. Because I generally thought like it was a pretty strong episode, but I was like, eh, it's nothing like special. Like yeah. it's not like it didn't stand out in my mind yeah. as like amazing. But like on discussion, yeah, I think I'm actually going to give it a four. Ooh. purely because I'm like, I have been complaining this entire time and I'm sure people are sick of it yeah. about being like, I just, these characters are giving me nothing. Like they're yeah. fun, but I'm getting nothing more than surface level. Mm-hmm. But this is finally an episode where it's like, you can actually sink your teeth in properly and mm-hmm. actually start looking deeper. And like that for me is like where I get the most like yeah. in- enjoyment. Like the thing about like Sophie's eating, I was watching that. I was like, I'm confused. I don't understand. Yeah. And do you know what? If I'd watched this episode a hundred times, I would have figured it out. I'm sure eventually, yeah. or at least some like a similar like yeah. train of thought. But having watched it once, <laughs> like I was like, I don't really like. I'm confused as to why they made such a point of that and then never really explained anything about it. Mm. But the fact that you were able to be like, oh no, because I know the media and I know the characters and I know the show, and add that layer and then be able to be like, oh, and connect those dots. Yeah. Yeah, like it makes it so much more enjoyable. So I think I'm gonna give it a four. Like my initial gut yeah. would be like three to three and a half. Just yeah. for like purely like I've never seen it. I'm just basing the episode yeah. purely on my It's first one watch. of those episodes that's deeper than you think. Like Houses of the Holy. Yeah. Yeah. And but like on actual like discussion and like getting that like background info, yeah, like I think a four, a solid four. It's just more interesting. That's exciting. I think that's the highest rating you've ever given an episode so far. I think so too. Because I think even, I think your favourite episode of the first season based on ratings alone was uh, the Maha job. Yeah, I was thinking. And I think that was even only a three and a half. Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head. But no, I think this episode, like, this episode, I, yeah, it's, I feel like I can like, oh, okay, I can, I'm getting something. Yeah to discuss you know episodes like this only become more and more common cool 
So, cool. yeah, we they start to really find their footing with characterization, at least in my brain. Like, I they, think the they characters sort of, are very yeah. well established. It's just that I'm not getting anything to, like, analyze about mm. them. Like, because up until this point, for, and not exclusively, but primarily, they have felt, like, very much, like, caricatures. Yeah. Very surface level kind of thing. And, and you get I, very brief fine. glimpses, like in the stalk job when you find out about Parker's past and yeah. how she can ID the signs of someone who's in a home that is not stable and there is no food security. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but it's, then they sort of ignore it as of the next episode. So it's like, Exactly. So it's nice to finally be like, oh, okay, this is something that like – and it's not just one character. Like we get – we get a lot of about Elliot, but we also get that and we get the stuff about Sophie and we get to see it in, you know, the way that they sort of hold themselves. And I appreciate that element a lot more than I appreciate just like the fun and quirky cons. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I like those. I think they have their place and I I find them entertaining. But my personal, the way I personally like to enjoy media mm. is to be able to like dissect it. Yeah. You know? So, <laughs> Look, this is a much more Bethany like yeah. type of episode. I'm honestly, um, I'm, I'm, I think the other reason that leverage, like, let me let me hypothesize for a minute. I think the other reason why leverage hasn't really done it for you yet is because you hadn't connected to any of the characters yet. Because like in the previous episodes, there is stuff to analyze if you want to analyze it. Yeah, but you have to care enough to do it. Yeah, and. uh I just, I don't think any of it had been, like, because this is, like, a very obvious thing that you can really dive into. Yeah. It's less, like, subtle as the Yeah, it's, it's certainly, like, I could, absolutely, you're right. Any media, you can find things to analyse and you can do it within, yeah. you know, to the nth degree. But for me, yeah, like, you're right. It's like, I didn't care enough. It, to- was, <laughs> it was too subtle and you didn't care enough to go digging. That and also I didn't have... Like, I wasn't that familiar with the characters. Because yeah. this stuff will be much more apparent on rewatch. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know. 100%. But anyway, yes, I think I'm going to give it a four. Okay. The next episode is called The Order 23 Job. Ooh. What do you think it is about based on the title? Okay, well, I mean, that's kind of hard because yeah. it could be anything. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. my gut instinct worked for me last week, so I'm going to go yeah. with it again. I think maybe some kind of, like... Food retail. Okay. Yeah. Because you like order number twenty three, yeah. like kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's yeah. immediately where my brain goes. Yeah. That's just because probably my food retail background. But like, yeah, I'm gonna assume, or at least like that kind of environment. Because yeah. I can't think of anything else. We're like order twenty three, unless it's yeah. like a legal thing. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um. Maybe it's like a. Yeah. That's that's really the only other like alternative I can I can think of. Mm. But. Yeah, I can see how you could get that from the title. Yeah. Also, it's a very nondescript title. Yeah, like, it doesn't give me a hell of a lot. There are some that are, like, very obvious what they're about, and there are some that are not. Yeah. I would say this one falls into the camp of there are some that are not. It makes <laughs> sense in regards to the episode, but you kind of do have to see the episode to actually, like, yeah. click to how it's relevant. Yeah. No, I uh, I think I'm going to go with that. So either some kind of food retail or some kind of legal proceeding, Yeah, I think. But, I mean, they've done... The juror number six job, not that They're long They're not going to do, so. like, two courtrooms. Yeah. And- <laughs> ha ha. I don't know. Or, like, some kind of, like, yeah, some kind of legal stand, yeah. I think. We'll, we'll cool see beans. next week. Okay, that just about does us for this episode. If you want to find us on social media, we're in, like, 
Tumblr and Twitter, Twitter and Discord, the, blah, TikTok. Blah, blah, blah. Are we on TikTok for leverage? Probably not. <laughs> it, it's fine. What, whatever we do have will be linked in our link tree in the description. So if you want to find us on there, you're more than welcome to come and talk to us about whatever. Suggested conversation topics include... As always, Nate's stupid hats. Yeah. That's, that one's just constant. doesn't matter. Like, please always come Send talk to me Send us a tier ranking hats. of, like, the hats. Literally. The I would love to do, like, a top five beatdown style thing, but it's just Nate's worst hats. Oh, tell me how excited you are for Beth to meet Jimmy Papadopoulos. Ooh, that's a fun name. Yeah. Yeah. Beth I'm, is excited for that. I'm, I can tell I'm, you right now. I am pumped. Uh, <laughs> it's not too far away, so you'll we'll get there soon enough. Is chicken fried steak a good idea? Should meat be used as an adjective? I would be interested to know what the fuck chicken fried steak is. Because, like, is it steak it or is like it chicken? Because it, like, it looks like a schnitty. Yeah. But I'm like, is it chicken or is it steak? I'm confused as to which. So it's steak. Is it? Because I it's thought it was like. It's fried a... like chicken. So it's chicken oh, fried. So it's like a beef schnitty. Steak. Yeah. So it's like a beef schnitty, but I think it's like thicker. Huh. Like, schnitzel is like really thin, thin. But like, I think it's thicker. All right. Weird. Mm. Okay. Well, there you go. Is is, is chicken fried steak just you, a beef You can schnitty? tell us how disappointed you are that we both completely forgot the line, uh, what do you feed the girls in Nebraska, Viagra frosted cornflakes? Oh, yeah. That was a doozy. What the <laughs> was a fuck was that? Fucking half. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you can send us your character analysis based on control. Uh, oh, yeah. That'll be a fun little essay. Make yeah. a Twitter thread. I mean, we basically wrote a whole essay just sitting here like... Verbal essay. Oh, what's your favourite episode for character analysis and leverage? Ooh. Like, what takes the top spot? Because I I have, like, a short list of, like, four or five that I can think of that I'm like, oh, yeah, they make really fascinating char- character study pieces that I'm very excited to get to. But, like, what do, what is your favourite episode for character analysis? Hmm. I'd be fascinated to see the titles because then I will know mm. which ones to keep an eye out for. Mm. Or maybe just send them directly to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No spoilers for Beth. Sounds like a plan. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. I hope you had a good time chilling with us for like an hour. It's been fun for us too. And I guess we'll see you all later. Bye. Bye.